Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're it's the full forty, brought to you by Homefield Apparel, part of the Nova Insider Network. I'm just so excited because I get to actually say for the first time ever that we are live, like literally live, and we're back. <laughs> it's season seven of the podcast. The 2023-2024 season just started, and. I can't believe it. It just started. We just got back. Trevor literally was at the blue white scrimmage, raced home, cracked open, and safely drove home. Safely drove home. Safely, safely. Fair enough. Drove home, and we're back live for the first episode of season seven with a whole new look. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's just dive right in there. So first of all, our first episode without Rob Dormish. Cheers to cheers to Rob. May he rest in peace. Thank you for everything that you've done. Uh, he's alive, but you know, he's alive. He's, yeah, he's still here. He's still with us. He's still living. He's still a he's still an actual person at the moment. Uh, but but yeah, so it's with Chris, Willie, and Trevor. So just a total new podcast, <laughs> and, and and we're back and 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 live. So part of the Nova Insider Network. We did a press release over the summer. The Nova Insider Network now makes up a handful of shows. So the Full 40 is one of them. Uh, Chris Nataro, who is actually who's actually helping us quarterback this first live show, um, he does the pregame, the Villanova Tip Time pregame show. He's part of the Nova Insider Network. And, of course, Tommy Godin uh, is running the Mainline Minute, and he's also part of the Nova Insider Network. In addition to the spaces that will run, from time to time throughout the season. So so that's all part of the Nova Insider Network. And the coolest thing about that is that this season, we are brought to you by Home Field Apparel. So the good brand. Um, Willie is not wearing one, but me and Trevor are rocking it. The problem with Willie is that he also has Trevor's and Trevor's called Shot. We didn't want people to be confused yeah. over who is who. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I got my normal just Villanova intramurals. There you go. Repping all the time, sure. There you go. And the hat. The hat's cool. Yeah, great hat. Um, although Trevor's really bringing it with the hat game. Pretty, pretty spicy. Had to be there. No, it's really sick that we got <laughs> that we got this home field um, sponsorship. Um, this is super exciting, uh, and I can't wait. And next week I'll be rocking probably that or something else. Yeah. And so I guess we get right into that right there. We'll have an ad on every episode, but with the code full 40, right? It's full 40. That's yep, not full 40. 40. It's yeah, full 40. 40. You get 15% off your first order. So presumably a lot of you have already bought a, a ton of home field stuff. So just make up some new email addresses, maybe move, right? Like yeah. whatever you got to do. To Put the little get- dot in your email so it recognizes it's different. Um, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like if your email is just like your first name dot your last name, just be like your first name dot middle initial dot last. Yeah, it's, it's just that easy. And then you get fifteen percent off. So, so that's what and you got to do. Yeah, and they got some really good stuff, and I know there should be some new releases coming down hopefully sooner or later. But I'm really excited. Promo code full forty. 
Um, and we're going to be like Chris said, we're going to be doing this all year. So I'm really excited about that as well. So yeah, so classic old school stuff. Can't wait to add more to the collection. You can never have too much of the, uh, the classic logos that nobody else sells. So one-stop shop for all that. I do want to say we just Homefield. just, this is for you Homefield. If you're listening, um, we need more vests. So, or a vest. So give us a home field vest. I know everyone in Villanova loves the vest. I know any non-Villanova people are like, yeah, classic Villanovans, they're, they're with their vests. But honestly, give me a nice home field Villanova vest with like the 85 Wildcat in the corner. Oh, I'm, doesn't, my, my next paycheck, just that's it. I, I totally agree. Like, first of all, so Trevor's rocking. So Willie, you got the seventies yellow hat. Yeah. Right, like Jack Trevor's Craft rocking Air, the, the 1985 logo, which he's head to toe 1985 right now. He wasn't even born. None of us were born. I was gonna say, were you born? No, I wasn't. I was close. I was close. I was a thought. My parents were thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I wasn't even born yet. Um, but Trevor's 1985 head to toe. I'm rocking the 90s dinosaur lettering, and this needs to become the throwback that the. That's the next throwback. Like, stop going back in time. Let's bring it forward a little bit. The 90s are back in right now. I think I think this is the time. Villanova's got to strike and get the dinosaur font thing. Like, it's been about five years since our last Jersey update. Like, the after 2018 is when we made the switch to kind of our current ones. Like, it it's getting to be time. Maybe we go a nice little throwback, you know? Yeah. Let's so, rock the throwbacks a little bit. So, in addition to your request to home field to do – vests i'm asking home field to put pressure on the villanova athletics department and nike mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of sway home field has but i think that they should do that they're closer to phil knight than i am so <laughs> <laughs> do something that's fair all right so so i don't even know exactly where to start here but we have a, a whole new look team trevor you got your first glimpse of it um tonight but there's a lot to cover we covered a little bit on the last episode of of the uh, on the forties episode of, of the end of last season, but I think we probably need to go back over that a little yeah. bit just to remind people who's even on this team. <laughs> so so let's just start there and kind of unpack it and, and remind everyone where where we are versus where we were last year. So we ended last year. We don't need to talk about that. I think we're good to leave last year well, in the past. We but, won the NIT, remember, yeah. everyone. <laughs> we played in the NIT. We played in the NIT. We made the round of 32 in the NIT. Mm. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, so, so after that, uh, Cam Whitmore went on to the draft. Um, funny enough, like a lot of people were dogging him because he went, he, he dropped way low in the in the draft but then ended up having a great summer league um was the summer league mvp yep, uh, MVP. and so and so he was he did phenomenal there and now him and jermaine are on the rockets um which is awesome to see yeah following that we also had obviously caleb daniels and brandon slater uh moved on due to the fact that they had no more eligibility left so so th- that's the departures and that's it some total of departures Justin Moore comes back. Eric Dixon comes back. Everybody comes back. And then we add some really key transfers. Um, obviously, there was the whole Hunter Dickinson saga that didn't work out. But but honestly, I think we I think we scored really well. I, 
many people think that we won the transfer portal. It sounded like that was like Trumpy in the way I said that. Like a lot of people are saying that we won the transfer portal. Many people are saying. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 in all seriousness, like Tyler Burton was an like a A10 superstar. All A10, yeah. Yeah, all A10 superstar. He looked really good tonight. Looked really good tonight. Um, TJ Bamba, I think, is – it was the first transfer that we got, and I think he's probably the best culture fit that we got. Like, he was – he's a Bronx guy. He, he like, loved it. He wanted to play. He kind of has that hard-nosed persona. He was defensive-minded when he was at Washington State. So he he's and he was was he second team all pack twelve? I think he was there was a second team there. I can't remember. And if you're part of a conference that no longer exists, does it count? I think it counts more. I think it counts double. Oh, okay. He's like the last well, he's gonna be last like one of the last ones ever, you know. That's a fair point. And then um, we had Lance Ware from Kentucky, a transfer from Kentucky. So he was kind of like the the big man transfer that we had said that we needed. Um, he wasn't the top flight at least by the rankings perspective, he wasn't the top flight like guy who we wanted necessarily at the, at the five. That's not to say anything bad about him huh. at all. In fact, if you talk to Kentucky fans, every Kentucky fan that I've ever interacted with on the internet was like, you guys got a real great culture guy with, yep. with, with Lance Ware. And they, they seem to think that he's got better potential than Calipari used. So uh, Providence fans. What's yeah, so the Providence fans would say the same thing. They uh trust me, we we might have been like, oh, we we fell into him a little bit, but yes, Providence, it's a little sore subject, but uh happy he's on our side. Good guy. And I know I, we didn't get a chance to see him, but like I don't know, yeah. the, the rumor the rumor mill is saying there's a little more perimeter game to him too. So we might see a little bit of like inside out with him and Eric or him and him and Tyler. Who knows? And then finally, Hakeem Hart. Right, so so Philadelphia we got, guy, what? Philadelphia guy, yeah. Philadelphia guy. Yeah, it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, because he's he's a Philadelphia guy, but was in Maryland. So yeah, so 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 we got the DMV and Philly combined. So again, another guy who I think is I think is a good I think is a great fit, and we finally have depth at pretty much every position on the on the floor, which was clearly a priority after how thin we were last year so those are the those are the transfer newcomers and then finally we had a jordan dumont um who was also uh who was also out for the blue white scrimmage today Uh, but he also we also added him so a really great haul from the portal uh, especially and uh and dumont committed pretty early and seems very passionate about being a villain of wildcat so uh, you gotta you gotta tip the hat to to the staff to the nil team um to the purpose building a roster that that can be very much and legitimately competitive this year we adjusted which i think is a huge thing i think we as villanovans have always expected you know we're going to get you know six or three four freshmen and then they're going to grow with us and we didn't have that because of the circumstances of jay leaving and then kyle coming in and there's just kind of a whole hodgepodge and we adjusted and we found, all right, we had this oppor- new opportunity with the transfer portal NIL. And for lack, we, we crushed it, at least on paper. We crushed it. We did what we needed to do. We held up to a high standard. And now on paper, this team is ready to compete for the top of the Big East and hopefully a deep run in March. I'd love to be even say maybe, dare I say, April. 
We're gonna start. We're gonna start it up a little bit. Now. Oh man, man, <laughs> you're lucky that oh, Brian's not on this one. Right yeah, let's, let's pump the break. We saw like 25 minutes of a scrimmage where Abbott didn't even play. Um, <laughs> I didn't need anything yeah. else. <laughs> we did see that. Um, that they were asked afterwards. So, so just to recap on the on the scrimmage, just for a, a, a minute, we did see that after the scrimmage. So Lance Ware didn't play, Jordan Dumont didn't play, um, and Justin Moore didn't play. Um, we did see after the scrimmage, someone asked Kyle if this was a regular season game, would they have played? And Kyle was like, "Yeah, they're just a little banged up, day to day type stuff from practice." So, at least as of right now, from what we know now. We've had our comments and 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 points in the past about Villanova can be really, really too, um, too opaque about things like this in the past. So, like, we'll see. But based on that response, that if it was a regular season game, they would play. I tend to think this is probably just guys getting beat up in practice. No need to. No need to. No need to push anything for a simple blue white scrimmage in early October. Right, like don't 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 get someone hurt at the blue white scrimmage. So, yeah. which Chris Arch took a shot to the face by uh, I think it was Longino got him when they were coming up the floor, and he was I think he had a black eye by the end of that actual like it was it was within minutes you could see from I was sitting kind of top of the lower bowl and it was yeah it looked bad. Oh um, man, but, the, the, you know the, the Chris Arch guy, the Chris Arch. The two sides of the Chris Arch coin right now are flipping out at that comment yeah. right now. One side to, is like, yeah, like good. Like that means that Neptune can't play him, right? Like, yeah. and the other side's like, look how tough Chris Arch is. It's going to be like Rocky at the end of Rocky four with this. Like, you should see the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The other guy <laughs> the, was Jordan Lundino. Yeah. Chris um, Arch's number one fan on Twitter is, is losing it right now. He's going to, there build. were, there were a lot of Arch Diacono shirts in the stands. I'm not going to lie. I, I, passed a, a whole family that was not his family um wearing them when i was walking out just to clarify it was it was not his family but um, 15 or four <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> all number fours all number fours all um, number fours yeah no it was uh it was cool to see uh just to be in the pavilion again and kind of an atmosphere um i think it's fall break and midterms this week so not a ton of student representation, but there was a there's a good showing. I thought um, whoever it was won the uh, the cup shuffle uh, in between timeout prize, so they're in midseason form. Um, the transfers looked really good, uh, especially Bamba and Burton. Um, Hazem was was letting them fly. He was drilling everything from all over the, f- the floor. Um, well, Nana, it was it was fun to see Nana in a game environment actually like playing and and showing like why he's been here the last couple of years and the injuries slowed him down, sure, but uh, he was attacking the boards and and looked good. Um, hopefully, we have like you said, just much needed depth at all these positions. That so, Trevor, really give cool. me a give me a little bit more in terms of like, uh, look, obviously in a blue white scrimmage situation, no one's going full boat, like no one's going. You know, and no one's no one's going a hundred percent. But you mentioned that Burton and uh, and Bamba looked really good. What what in particular stood out? Uh, they were making their shots. They weren't hesitating to take shots. Um, Hazen too. Like I was I was pumped when it was just in transition, one dribble. I'm taking that. It's not touching the net. Um, going in. Um, 
They were aggressive on defense. I thought they were moving well. They were rebounding. Everybody had a nose for the ball, it seemed. Um, yeah, and just like I said, making shots. It's it's easy to look really bad in a scrimmage if everybody's missing shots. Um, but fortunately, you know, the ball was going in for, for those guys especially. Um, Mark Armstrong looked explosive, had some nice moves, great finishes, attacking the inside like he likes to do. Um, not totally there with his, uh, with his deep, uh, deep range yet, but like I said, it's, it's a scrimmage. It's early. Um, he did make a couple nice ones at the end of the final, uh, period. Um, I'm trying to think who else really stuck out. I'm going to be honest about Mark. I'm kind of happy he doesn't have the deep range yet because if he gets the if he gets the deep range, then all right, then well, he's gotta, gone. Yeah. Then he's gone because yeah. then it's like all right, then it's like all right, well, like he's just very clearly that guy at that stage. So yeah. you know, Mark, figure it out. Maybe figure it out. Start figuring out by like February, March, peak in April. We win a title. We'll talk about you. Leaving. There you go. Yeah. yeah, everyone's okay to leave if we win yeah. a title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I guess from there, do we want to – like I think the biggest conversation, the biggest narrative slash conversation that I've seen is kind of like what is – what are the expectations of this team? Like I, and, and I'm going to say expectations a couple different ways, right? Like first off, let's just talk the minimum expectations in terms of – in terms of like what does this team have to accomplish or it's going to be like blood in the water type situation. Not so, even – yeah, go ahead. So then, then we could talk like, okay, like fundamental expectations, like like okay, this is what I actually expect, and then what's the team ceiling? Like, let's go, let's go through each of those pieces because I think that we have to kind of hit on that, and and I'll just tee off the conversation with with the note that last season did not go well, right. There is, yeah, shockingly, you both are whatever. Last season did not go well. It wasn't, it wasn't good, right? And and there were a lot of reasons. There were some excuses mm-hmm. as to why it didn't go well. Right. Now, a first year coach can't be expected to who's in his second season coaching, can't be expected to replace a Hall of Famer. So I think you could put definitely a handful of losses at Neptune's feet relative to Jay, right? You could probably put a smaller handful of losses relative to average coach in NCAA, right? Like, so, so some of that look goes to Neptune's feet. You also, um, you also put, you also can say the injuries were really significant, right? Like the two best players on the team by like, rankings and whatever and talent or or accomplishment whatever you want to you want to draw it up two best players on the team were not there for long stretches of the season and you had also other injuries and depth issues and whatever during the season as well which is to some degree part of a college basketball season some guys are going to be out for parts of the time right like the a jordan longino injury i don't really i candidly can't really say like can't really say like, oh, well, it's a good reason. It's a fair reason, but it's not really an excuse that you can make because every team has to deal with that. So stuff like that, right? Like the more Achilles, the, the, the Whitmore wrist, whatever hand situation, I think you could, you, you could easily chalk that up to like, that's not fair, especially the timing of it all. Mm-hmm. All that's to say is that it didn't, it didn't go well. And, and candidly, there's a lot of skeptics 
rightfully so, about Villanova. Forget the talent on the floor, just looking at the coaching staff, right? Like, and and what they're going to be capable of accomplishing. So, so what it looks like to me, because we just got a report a couple weeks ago that Villanova has spent $3 million on this team, Allegedly. right? Like $3 million NIL on this team this year, right? Like not, not, not an insignificant salary, right? Like not an insignificant payroll. So, and, and, and just for the NCAA, if you're listening, it's not actually Villanova doing that. It's the friends of Nova and the boosters who do NIL. And I think scholarship money was also attributed to that as well. So yeah, like- yeah. There is some scholarship money attributed to that. Right. But that's not insignificant at all is a $3 million expenditure. We brought in these really high-end guys from the transfer portal. As we said, transfer portal champions 2023 hang the banner, right? But but with that said, it kind of comes across to me a little bit like this is a little bit of a challenge. Like, hey, coaching staff, let's see what you got. Yeah. So I think when we talk about like minimum expectations, we look at what happened last year and like not for nothing. Once we got healthy, once things kind of got figured out, there was a chance in March to make the tournament. It was a outside chance, but there was a chance. So when I think about what the minimum expectations are, I think barring injuries, barring someone getting hurt and like something actually happening this season, I put like you, you, um, Chris, you called out the difference between what Kyle's at and where like Jay was at and what the median coach would be at. If Kyle makes the adjustments that he needs to and presses the right buttons during games, which we saw that he didn't do, which whatever that happened last year, but if he starts hitting those right buttons at the right time, that meet those, let's say two, three, four wins that we probably could have had that we didn't have, I'm expecting if not all of them, 75% of them. You add another three wins to the team that happened last year, it's a tournament team. So I think when we talk about minimum expectations, it's for this team to be a tournament-level team. Does that mean a top-four seed? No. Does that mean a play-in team? Probably at the basement of minimum expectations, I would take that. Um, I wouldn't love that, but that's probably at the basement of minimum expectations. But all that to say, we also got better on paper. We got older on paper. We got, you know, if we're doing a one-to-one, there's the Slater and Hakeem Hart, one-to-one. There's the Bamba and Daniels, one-to-one. There's the Burton and Whitmore, one-to-one more or less. And then we add in where we add in Dumont, we add in a healthy Longino, we add in a healthy more. And everyone like, gets older. And everyone gets older. In theory, we are better. Even if you want to call like, let's just, I'm not even going to compare. Let's say all those are one-to-one the same, like the transfers are the same as the players that came in. Like Burton is equal to what Whitmore did, all that stuff. We got better. So it is for me, when I look at it, it comes down to, Kyle and can we make the adjustments and can he make the adjustments that we need to during crunch time? Can we draw off the right plays? Can we recognize the flow of the game and what we need to do to just hit that level? I say the minimum expectation for this team is a tournament level team. I don't even want to get into like what the big East implications are because we all know the big East is different. We saw UConn was an absolute wagon. The first 14 games of the season 
got to the Big East and got their shit punched and then got out of the Big East and was an absolute wagon. So, like, Big East, it doesn't really matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but, like, I'm not even looking at expectations there. It's just in the scheme of things. Your point is, whatever it takes, this team has to make the tournament. Yes. Right. Right. Trevor, is that kind of where you're Yeah, I mean, I was going to interject. If, you know, if if Brian were here, he would have stopped you to say it's harder to win the Big East than it is to win a national championship. (laughs) Um, Which we all saw. That's a great – that's an all-time Marquette tweet. All-time Marquette tweet. Yeah. Uh, was it Marquette or UConn? I, I don't no, even it was, remember. No, it was Marquette. It was Marquette. Okay. It was Marquette. Yeah. They they uh, were they were getting on UConn because they were just like they were just like, yeah, you guys won a national championship, but that's easy compared to like going right Big East regular season, the Big East tournament champion. You're like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think we so before the blue and white scrimmage night, there was a uh like an event for I think it was season ticket holders. Um, where they do a Q&A with Kyle and there's order food, drinks, whatever. And Kyle kind of speaks for a little bit, recaps, talks about what we can expect coming up. And then there's a Q&A. Um, I did not make it in time for the Q&A portion, but what I heard was there were a lot of questions about substitution patterns, game scenarios, stuff like that, that I don't think, well, maybe were warranted, probably were warranted. Um, but Kyle kind of, put those to rest it seems um you know who are we to sit there and tell him about his sub patterns but that was one of the things that a lot of us saw and recognized that we would like to see change from him um so i think that with the talent that we have we should be able to expect did we lose trevor we lose trevor i think we may have lost trevor all right, so we should be able to expect. expect we're sitting here with Aiden. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're in the same spot that we were when we started talking. So I'll, I'll interject with my thoughts here. Yeah. Willie, I'm kind of on your same page here. We, we absolutely – so it's, a, it's oh, now the really full 40 with Chris and Willie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we absolutely have to make the tournament this year. Or Kyle's – Kyle might be beyond the hot seat if we don't make the tournament this year. Yeah. Kyle might be gone. And okay. – and it's weird for me to say that. It's very uncomfortable for me to say that because I very much built into my expectation set pre-NIL, pre-portal, right? That 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 a head coach needs five years. You need four years for your first recruiting class to make way plus an extra year after that. Like that's my kind of belief when it comes to college head coaches. It's that's going to change years, with NIL. Right? Yes. And with NIL and the portal – it does change, right? Like, like the fact is, is that you you called it out. Kyle brought in like 15 years of experience onto this team collectively, right? Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, like this team has to be good, right? Like yeah. you have to, you you have to take this roster to the NCAA tournament. Trevor's back, baby. We're back. We're back. We didn't hear your final thought. You were just like, and so the expectations are. Oh, and I, said, I said win the Big East and win a national championship. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, because one is much harder than the other. No, I, I, I agree with Willie. I think you're looking at you, you got to see the tournament field at least. Otherwise, there's going to be some serious questions asked at the end of the year. Barring injury, barring anything freaky happening. But yeah, I agree with Willie. Yeah. And what you didn't hear is that I was kind of on the same path, and I was basically alluding to the fact that I, I think if I think if we don't make the tournament, I think Kyle might be gone. 
Um, which I don't is, know if I'm which there I'm, yet, but like, I think you give him three. You, if maybe, we don't make it with a fully healthy roster, I there's a lot of questions. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing, and I go back to this. We started this. It's a three million dollar roster. A lot of people have a lot of money on this. Allegedly, like, like what? Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. A lot it's of people have. Just, a, yeah. It's also just like it's not even just like the roster when I really like sit with it. I just sit back and I'm like, if Justin Moore is healthy, Justin Moore is worst case a top 15 player in college basketball. I would probably argue a top eight preseason All American, right? Yeah, like he's preseason All American. Like you have that player on your team, you have experience and depth. You have uh, Bamba was an honorable mention, Pac 12. You have all A10. You have, um, I don't think. Hart was all Big Ten. He may have been an honorable mention, um, but like just a defensive Swiss Army knife. Yeah. yeah, he had something. You just have that. You have leaps we expect. And then none of us have said this person's name this whole podcast. We have Eric fucking Dixon, who I'm to everyone else, like is. I've seen people talk about who's the best big man in the Big East, and people aren't like they're, they'll say Klingon, who I love, and I think Klingon is probably the best prospect. Not probably is the best prospect, and like probably the best big. Then they I hear Cock or I hear Cockbrenner. I'll hear Igadaro. I'll hear like Soriano. I'll hear all these different names or whatever it may be. And Dixon doesn't get the love, but like if Dixon's not one or if he's not two, he's at worst case three, and I'll argue like one. I'll argue like one B to like you pick Klingon or Kalkbrenner. I don't care, but like what Dixon does and how Dixon warps the floor and how he changes the calculus of a basketball game with his inside out skill or his outside in skill. Realistically, I don't know any other big man in college basketball that coaches will run off a pin down to shoot a three to win the game. Should we be doing that? That's a separate <laughs> conversation. That's a completely separate conversation. But the fact that like Kyle has the trust in Eric to do that. And honestly, I kind of trust him to do it too. Some point, maybe he'll hit it. Um, but like, I, that's just what it is. Like, we have this team. We have a top ten player in college basketball. It comes as long as there's no injuries. It just comes down to can Kyle press the right buttons at the right time. And, and just yes, so but you I know. think we should be talking about pressing the right buttons at the right time for making like a top four buy in the big East tournament yes. performance and pressing the right buttons to make a sweet 16, right? Like when I'm talking about pressing the right buttons, like I'm look at the schedule, there's 20 wins on the schedule, right? And 20 wins in the big East this year is going to, is going to get you into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So like, so like between the out of conference, which is good, right? And but not absurd, but not absurd, like, right? Good, but not absurd, right? Like, Good out of conference plus a really, really good Big East. 20 wins is going to get you into the tournament. If Kyle can't get 20 wins, I, you're going to have a lot of people calling for his head. I, so maybe hot seat, maybe not. It's, he's gone, but maybe hot, like hot seat. I mean, to be fair, people are calling for his head now. And the season has right, right, right. People were like, people in the middle of the season were like, fucking fire this guy. Right. Like, yeah. And I think that was obviously crazy, but, but, but. If that happens a year from now, or sorry, six months from now, five months from now, it's going to be a lot more reasonable. Yeah. And but, I, and again, like I, I hate to say that because it's like second year, but 
<laughs> unfortunately, this is the situation that we're in in this in this kind of era where like there's three million dollars of money on the line. And I keep coming back to that number, but like those people who have a lot of money on this are gonna be embarrassed if if that money doesn't translate. And if they're embarrassed, they're gonna be calling, they're gonna be calling. They're going to be calling the athletic director. They're going to be calling Father Peter. They're going to be calling the special assistant to Father Peter <laughs> and yeah. saying, change this now. That All that said, I do want to give Kyle just like a little vote of confidence. I feel like as the year went on, it got a little bit better. The first beginning of the year was just a cluster. Like that was just like, it was a mess. I think he's figured it out. Uh, it's very clear, and we can kind of talk about this and pivot towards this. Like he knows how to connect with players. We had the recruit, or we had the transfers. We're starting to see in the last week and a half, and today, and then likely on Sunday, he knows how to connect with recruits, whether or not they're the recruits that everyone's like, "Oh, we need to be getting this person." That's not. But he knows how to connect with recruits. It's just we just need to see when the ball's tipped. Is he doing the right stuff? Yeah. I think it's getting there. I felt really good about us once we were healthy at the end of the year. Uh, kind of got that like just false like, oh, we're gonna do this stuff. Like, um, I think Trevor, you said this like the Philly fans are either distraught or cocky. At the end, I was distraught all season, but like once Justin came back, I was that that meter was turning towards the cocky side. That um, six and point you, loss to Providence, we're like, oh, we're bad. They, yeah. they, they got lucky. <laughs> we're just warming up, you know. Yep. And then it was like, oh yeah, we just went out. We have this. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. If we just win every game, we're good. <laughs> I mean, that week, that week though, that week when we beat Xavier and then and then throttled Creighton at home. I was oh. like, oh, we're, we're, we're actually going to make this happen. Yeah. This is actually going to be a thing. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I think there, there was a lot of stuff, and there was a lot of, like, not even just, like, we won the game, but just even X's and O's wise that I was, like, really happy with from Kyle in those games. So, we'll see. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about a secret scrimmage versus, like, UVA in the next, like, three weeks or whoever it's versus, and we'll hear whatever came from it, but, like, that's where, like, as much of the secret scrimmage is for the players, I'm also thinking this is for Kyle to be like, what can we execute against in these yeah. in these situations? Because, like, not for nothing, he's just a young coach. It's his third year head coaching. Like, he's just a young – he's a young coach. Which, I think he can do it. I think um, the addition to uh, Ash back on the bench will yeah. kind of help with that, too. We, we kind of overlooked that. We, did, we lost uh, George Halkovich to the University of Buffalo job over the summer, but they brought uh, – Ashley Howard back over for he was working with friends of Nova last year. So he was still close to the program and then came back over and he was coaching the uh, one of the teams tonight with uh, Nordy coaching the other one. So I just think uh, having him on that bench will also be beneficial. Another guy with head coaching game experience and uh, just more, you know, he's never left, even though he, you know, had lost that LaSalle job. He, he never left the uh, sidelines basically. So, um, it'll just be good to have another guy to whisper in Kyle's ear. Trevor's yeah. really struggling here. We good? I I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good to me. I think Chris I, okay, I could be struggling. Yeah, Chris, it might be you. We're we're all struggling. Yeah, um, so Chris is just better at hiding it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh. That being said, do we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the new commits? 
Or think, do you have another? I think we, I think we should talk about commits because like Kyle's been doing the thing there. Um, I I mean, so today we got Malcolm Thomas. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I think I'm back. Tell me if I'm okay. Wrong. You sound good now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry. Right, cool. <laughs> so uh, talking commits. Uh, so obviously, let's even start. Last week, um, I can't remember. Maybe Thursday or Saturday, Friday, whatever day it is. We got um, Matt Hodge um, out of New Jersey. Um, three. He looks four like Aaron hybrid. Judge. He looks like Aaron Judge. Looks like Aaron. <laughs> four three hybrid. Uh, looks really good. Um, you know, I w- I tend not to pay attention to recruits until they commit because I'm like, there's too many that could go on. I don't want to get invested in anyone and then lose it. Then they go to decide, decide to do something else, and then I have to like live with that and be like, oh, I'm so mad at them for going to whatever school they decide to go to. So Marcel. yeah, but yeah, Daryl Marcel, um, oh Stevie Mitchell, a lot of people who said they're like, no, it was my dream school, and they didn't go. Um, but like all this to say. Hodge looks, I like Hodge, seems like, you know, has a little bit of an outside in game, really good rebounder, tough, high motor, um, has, seems like there's like a level of shot to him, um, really does a good job of like backing up in the post, I think he's going to be like really good, um, then we had today Malcolm Thomas, son of Tom Thomas, who was nearly a decade in the NBA, I want to say it was like 96 to 2005, something like that, um, mm-hmm but played on the Wizards, um, went to DeMatha, so played versus, like, really, really good um, competition. Um, the, this, the website's call uh, Malcolm a four. He's honestly probably just – honestly probably a bit of an undersized five. That seems like what he's going to be. Um, there is a bit of a shot to him, but, like, already what I've seen from Malcolm Thomas is he's a really good, like, shot blocker and seems like a really versatile defensive piece and if that defense translates to the speed of college basketball and he's able to level up like he's going to be able to do what we want to do of switching all over the floor so really excited about him and then allegedly on sunday there's supposed to be another commit um why am i forgetting who it is um I'm blanking on his name josiah mosley um and mosley seems to be another good fit um six six probably more of a three than a forge from what I'm gathering, but Kyle's doing the thing. We're now connecting with a bunch of recruits. I was honestly on the stage of like, all right, what's going on just a little bit, especially when we missed on people like Christian bliss earlier in the summer where I was like, Oh, this feels like we, why aren't we getting these people? He's hit three in a row. There may even be a fourth coming down, down the pipeline. And we know that we could, we already know we can do the transfer portal. So I'm really excited to see what's happening with these young cats coming in. No pun intended, but kind of pun intended um, next year. Can we have some nuance in the conversation? So Willie, I think you're like, you're perfect in in what you said, right? But can we have some nuance in the conversation? Because the Twitter conversation here is, is, is outrageous, right? You have, you have a handful of people who are just like, this guy can't freaking recruit. Right. And like, he's not getting a single guy, whatever, whatever. And then, and then, and then you have a handful of people who are just like, doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Like, whatever portal, blah blah blah. Like, it's fine. Like, just give them a break, whatever. And then, anytime we land a recruit, it's like, look at this. We're so great. We got to recruit. Like, it's like, it's like, okay, well, a high major, high major program should land a couple top one fifty two hundred guys, right? Like on an average season, right? Like, <laughs> and sorry, by the way, the number one person commenting on the podcast right now is Rob Dormish. <laughs> 
right? Like I'm looking yeah. at the comments and he's responsible for four of the five comments. I don't know a Rob. I do know a Ron Dormish. Ron. <laughs> he's a friend of Ryan's. <laughs> so, so, so I, I don't know, Rob, if you just want to join the StreamYard link and, and come into this, you're like, you're more than welcome. Like you're still welcome in. But anyway, um, but anyway, what I was going to say was, was like, let's just find a little bit of balance here. This is a nice, solid recruiting class, especially if we get Mosley, whatever. It's a nice, solid recruiting class for the, um, for a second year head coach, yeah. right? Like, like he's going to get three top 150 guys, two four stars and a, and a three star, whatever. And candidly, the three star from the highlight reel, from the comments, whatever, seems like a really good fit. So like, it could all be true, right? Like, this isn't the type of class that Jay historically brought in. A lot of people are just like, oh, we're all culture, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, Jalen Brunson was a five-star, right? Like, Jay Rob, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was a five-star. Omari Spellman was a five-star. Like, you had high-end four-stars who were top 50, 60 guys, like, left and right with Jay. So, like, this isn't that. But I do think that there's – Room to say that Jay also developed some of his some of the best work was guys like Colin Gillespie, who was three, who was a three star at best, right? Like um, Dante Cunningham was, you know, not even I don't even think he was in the top one fifty, right? Became a, a multi year pro, right? Like he's still playing pro, yeah. Darren in China, Darren, or whatever. Darren Hilliard um, was like a two star guy, right? Like, yeah. Bethlehem Steel was a two-star guy and became like the key factor on a one seed in the NCAA tournament in 2015, right? Like, so, so like, there's a little bit of balance here. Is like, it's roster construction is important, and you need a mix of guys who are really high-end guys who are like pretty guaranteed to be good, and then you need to be good at identifying the talent at that at that 50 to 150 level. Yep. That is that is that has. That can work in your program. So, so that's what I think is kind of like needed for, for the program. And I think that, hey, if we're going to do some work with the transfer portal, bring some really high-end guys in, bringing some lower-end guys, it, like or not lower-end guys, it's not even the right way to say that, but bringing in some guys who are four stars or bottom four stars, like high three stars, is good. And it's a good, solid recruiting class for a second-year head coach, given what is going to be in the roster next year when they come in yeah right and i think one of the key things is just like the development of the current roster like i would love to snag a guard or a or we were talking the other day a guard or a big man to add to this class um like a traditional like a, a like a seven footer or a guard um but mark armstrong is going to be a junior next year brennan hawson is going to be a junior um you still have jordan longino the football player at the uh the small forward um now it's it's I think it's like gonna. It's he's shaping it up to be a nice roster next year, should things remain as they are right now. Right, right, right. And I do think I do like what I see from the guys who we've gotten. Right, like that needs to be said. Right, I, I think that this. I think that the guy, the, the guy today, um, Malcolm it, Thomas. Yeah, Malcolm Thomas is the guy who I am. Oddly enough, out of all of what I just said, like is the guy who I think is maybe misrated. Um, just from the highlight reels, from the conversations, the pedigree, all those things, like 
I really liked it. Like it's weird. You could kind of tell, you could kind of see something about a player by what they choose to emphasize on their own highlight reels. Yeah. And he's emphasizing defense and blocking and stuff like that in a way. Like I was like, okay, he's kind of, he kind of like wants to emphasize these roles that he's willing to play on the team. And the the highlight reel looked a little Brandon Slatery, and maybe that's maybe not a good comp, but it kind of had that vibe to to me. Like he was he was blocking shots, he's athletic, he's rim running, he's he's dunking, he's put putbacks, like whatever. Like maybe not the most developed offensive game, but defensive minded, like like athletic running, like really moves well with his feet, like all that stuff. I really I'm I think that there's potential there. With Malcolm Thomas, I, I really like what I see there. Yeah, I mean, he like you said, he was dunking on in all of his highlights. He's dunking and he's really trying hard to dunk. And then the other point I wanted to make here was just like he. I think he had a quote where basically he he said like I don't expect to start. It may even be like I don't want to start something along those lines. I, and I read so, it. so I I think you were misreading that he was saying oh. that like, I don't expect handouts and that's not going to, I'm not going to start oh, expecting, handouts expecting handouts in college. Like I, I read that. that oh, way first. okay. I read it as like, like, I don't expect to yeah, start. It wasn't, it wasn't, he hasn't been through his ancients and moderns class yet. So he doesn't have the, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have the, the English, uh, you know, the phrasing down quite uh, where I, I think that was his intention. He meant, I don't take handouts. Everything I have is earned. That's not, yeah. you know, nothing. Regardless, even that yeah. part's a no. great part. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. because his dad is an NBA player. His dad made, I don't mean, 2096 to 2005 was like a weird time for the NBA. He probably made like a decent, like, 15 to 20 million in his time in the NBA. And, like, that's so it's, regardless, it's still good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. We've done well with players whose dad played in the NBA. I don't know if you heard this, but Jalen Brunson's dad played in the NBA. Oh. Did, did you guys know that? I I heard his dad went Jaylen to Brunson, Temple, the basketball though. player. Yeah, Jalen Brunson. I, he also played for Team USA this summer. Speaking of which, is it so is it time it. for a heart monitor? No, 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 no. We got to no. go back to expectation. We didn't even finish the expectations conversation. I'm just excited to talk about the Lebanese national team. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there. We talked about minimum expectations. And so and so I do think that the expectations point for Kyle, part of that conversation is the recruiting. So I do think that that was important um, to to kind of hit that point. And so and so to the point on if this season doesn't go as well as we expect it to, the recruiting factor does help at this point if that if um, Mosley lands as well, because that's three guys who are solid guys who are who guys like, okay, I want to see how these guys pan out. And so I think I think to the point of, hey, Kyle's going to get a third year, like like as long as this go, year goes fine, then I think that's that that point. Yeah, that point's important. What is your guys actual like, hey, this year I expect this to happen like and I want it for Big East and NCAA tournament. I'm I'm like more or less my minimum expectations are my maximum expectations at this stage. Um, so I expect an NCAA tournament, and that's like my ultimate like high. I cannot like 
I guess the highest I will be like I hope for is a Sweet Sixteen. Obviously, I would love a title, but like realistic minimum within or a maximum, reason, yeah. yeah, within reason is a Sweet Sixteen. Um, we get there, cool. Big East. I would love to be playing in the semis. I think like UConn, Marquette, it's a weird thing. I would love to be playing in the semis. Heck, I'd love to be able to be playing on Saturday in the finals. And like, regardless of what happens there, cool. Um, But Big East wise, I think that's where I'm thinking about for the tournament wise. And during the season, I think what I would honestly, like the one expectation I actually generally do have is, I'm going to say it, we win on the road, either at Creighton or UConn pulling one of those two out will tell me like a lot about the guts of this team um, or Marquette also, because Marquette's also a place that we struggled with historically. And also Marquette is real good. People, people can argue the number one team in the country on paper. Like, so there's a lot there. I think, um, well, first of all, I agree with you, Willie on the big East notes. I, for regular season standings, um, it's hard for me to wish anything worse than like a top four or top five finish in the regular season rankings. Obviously if things fall your way, if the right teams get, if you get COVID at the right time, you can sneak your way into a championship. Um, But uh, Hey, that's a Georgetown joke now. That's a Georgetown joke. Georgetown joke now. Yeah. I, um, I think uh, splitting with the Yukons, the Marquettes, the Creightons of the world, would be huge. Um, I uh, I think my goal would be top four or better regular season. I'd love to be playing on Saturday. Um, make my trip to New York worth it, please. Um, and then postseason-wise, yeah, definitely need to be in the tournament. A dream season obviously ends in a national championship. But realistically, like we said, yeah, Sweet 16, Justin Moore and Eric Dixon – put the team on your back, get us to an elite eight, you know, that would be outstanding. But again, ideal situation. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more detailed, but I, I think this team, I think expectations wise, I think this team needs to be a buy. I think this team needs to play their first game in the big East tournament on Thursday. That's um, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so that means five seed or better, right? Because I think the four or five game is the, is the second is a two thirty start on? Yeah, because the um, one's usually the first, right? Yeah. yeah. And to the folks who are like, wait a second, why can't this team be better than that? I mean, maybe, but like minimum expectation. If you're just looking at the Big East this year, this is like, like, go back into your go back into the annals of the Big East, like the Big East you wax poetic about back in like the eighties or or the late two thousands, whatever. All those teams, all those years in the Big East that you wax poetic about, like, it's back. It's back in a big way, right? Because the team that you didn't mention in all of that is the team coached by, like, arguably the best active coach <laughs> in Rick Pitino and St. John's, right? Like, so, like, so like UConn just won a national championship, returned a ton of guys, right, and has an awesome recruiting class. Marquette's really good and has a legitimate argue argument for a top one, two, three, four, five ranking walking into the season, right? Creighton is excellent. Creighton just made an elite eight was like a couple balls bouncing the right way to making a final four. Right. And they returned most of their guys. They did lose a couple, but like, but they got some good transfers in 
that is it's going to be really good. Yeah, it's going to be really good. And McDermott's a re- and McDermott's like the, the the best head coach at this point, or one of the best head coaches in the conference. So like so like you got those three. You then have us. You have you have you have Saint Rick John. Pitino. <laughs> you have Rick fucking Pitino, and he got and he got fucking a guy who laid. He's got at, at like the two. He's got a guy who laid twenty five on us in the second half at the Pavilion last year, in in Dingle, right? Like, and and Soriano's back, who's who was obviously excellent last year. Like, so Patino's got a hell of a roster, right? And so and so he, they, they're asking questions about how far can they go? What what do they expect, right? And then and then candidly, I think some people are sleeping on Providence, like because. Because, because, yeah, it's a first-year it coach. I am a Kim English stan. I okay. love Kim English. I would play for him or any team, any coach in the Big East. Yeah, sleeping. Trevor's sleeping on him. Trevor's officially <laughs> sleeping on him. But, 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 like, they're returning Carter and um, and Jesus Christ. I'm Hopkins. And Hopkins, right? You don't like, even know his preseason. name. You don't even know his name. But, but, but he's going to be he's gonna be first-team All-Big East preseason. Right? You don't like, have Lance Ware. <laughs> But like, but like, seriously, like Providence should be good. Shop Providence should be tournament level good, right? So you have right there. I just rattled off six tournament level teams that and I think should, I think should expect to make the tournament. And then we haven't even talked about you're going to Miller and Xavier, <laughs> and and so and so where are you going with all of this? Like it's it's going to be difficult to be to be the the team that wins the Big East regular season this year. Is like a is 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 like a top four seed minimum, a top two seed. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, should yeah. be. This is a and a gauntlet. Through all this, I don't think you even mentioned Georgetown, and I know there's a whole bunch of like, oh, Cooley and all that stuff. But like, he reloaded that team. We know he's a good coach, regardless of the feelings of him leaving Providence and all that stuff. Like. This isn't Patrick Ewing's Georgetown from whenever he started coaching. It's also not Patrick Ewing's Georgetown from you know eighty two to eighty four, but um, or eighty five. But regardless, like this Georgetown team also is going to be really good. Realistically, like the only teams I don't have super high expectations for, or like tournament comp is Butler, who honestly maybe that's you never know when you go to Hinkle, DePaul. Such a like, sad DePaul. <laughs> yeah, DePaul, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, DePaul. One yeah. of these years, DePaul's gonna just wind up at 500 in the oh. conference and everyone's gonna be all over it. <laughs> and yeah, we haven't said anything about Seton Hall. Um, I honestly don't have tournament expectations for them, but like they're gonna be frisky. Like they're gonna be frisky. Shaheen, I think, is going is finally like he's an interesting coach. I could talk about Shaheen Hallway for a while. He's a really interesting coach. He we'll see if it works. It like yeah. Look, my look. All that said is that is that I think expectations wise, I expect this team to play their first game in the Big East tournament on Thursday, right? So like that's kind of where I'm landing with that. And what I think that means is that the team should be favored to win their first round game in the NCAA tournament. That's kind of like where I. So you're saying a top eight seed then, essentially. Yeah. Or nine, like realistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favored, yes, right. Favored to win their first game in the NCAA tournament. Like like six eleven. 
I don't know if that's the right number, but like six eleven and being the six, right? Like yeah. so, like I, that to me is kind of where this team is is like my expectation set. And then yeah. so like and so like okay, you get there, you do that, you and, and so like a six seed in the NCAA tournament is a top twenty five team, yeah. right? Just like mathematically, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, so are, like yeah. yeah, so like so like that's kind of where I'm. That's kind of where I'm at with this with this squad. Get to the get to this get to there, be favored in your first round matchup and be dangerous, right? And so with a lot of new pieces coming in or whatever, you could understand if they get hot late, um, and they start to play better late. But having done enough work to to earn that buy to the first to the Thursday of the Big East tournament, get a six seven seed or better in the NCAA tournament, and be favored to win a game, and have a chance to. To, to make it to the Sweet 16. That's kind of like my expectation for this squad. Now, in between my expectation and that minimum expectation, so to speak, like, it's, it's like fine, like I could live with that. Um, and then from there, I would say high end, like, yeah, I, I, this team, could this team go on a run and make the third weekend? Like, it, it could. Like, on paper, it looks like it could. But I would probably say my high-end expectation is like an Elite Eight squad that's like in a final – in that Elite Eight game. That's yeah. kind of like the high end. Yeah. Go. That's good with me. I'm glad you – I'm yeah, glad you – I proved. agree. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take that. Do we want to talk a little bit um, about uh, – the heart monitor because we yeah have i think we, we do have to hit that yep yeah we have some fema stuff i want to talk but before that i need to issue an apology to etan thomas <laughs> i misunderstood i misrepresented how much money you made in your career um i also got the years wrong time's weird i remember you in mid-2000s playing for the wizards on like the gilbert arenas and antoine jameson teams and being the center that were one of the backup centers there along with brendan haywood i remember all those teams you were playing you were there where jarvis Curtin took out the gun and the whole locker room fiasco you made 44 million dollars in your career over 11 years so like Malcolm Thomas definitely, if he's saying he's not taking handouts, like, but I, you made double what I thought you made. So <laughs> I apologize, Mr. Thomas. Um, if you can donate to Friends of Nova or use the promo code FULL40 to buy some more merch from home, feel free. Really appreciate that. <laughs> and honestly, you just like, you probably need some now. And I, I saw you in the video, you had some, but like, maybe there's a little bit more. Go to home field, promo code FULL40. Dinosaur lettering. Yeah. But. I, I want to quiz you guys right now, but on a heart monitor, really quick. How many players are on a NBA players are on a roster right now? Can I just start naming them? Yeah, go or, ahead. All right, Jermaine Samuels, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, yep. Brandon Slater's in an Exhibit Ten for uh, the Celtics. Yeah, we're not going to count that, but that okay. kind of counts. Nick yeah. Bay on the Hawks, Kyle Lowry on the Heat. Uh, one, two, three, four Knicks, four Villanova Knicks. Um, which is Arch, Dante, Jalen, Josh, Mikhail holding down the fort across the uh, – what is that? What is? What do you take, the subway? I don't, I don't know New York geography. Um, I think you can take the J. Sure. Rob would call it the East Side River. <laughs> um, Rob, one time I was – like I said, Rob, yeah. one time we're standing at a rooftop bar on the Hudson River mm-hmm. in, in, the, in meatpacking, and he goes – Oh yeah, West Side River looks great, or whatever. Something is was his quote, and I'm like, "The fuck you talking about? It's a Hudson River, <laughs> like it's like the thing, <laughs> like 
Like I get not knowing the name of the East River because it's yeah. so dumb. It's just a directional river, right? Like, but, but if there's he an calls East it the river, West Side, there must river. be a West River. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Did um, did I say uh, Sadiq Bay? I think I did. You did you say did. Bay. You missed um, the one. And I does think. are we counting Cole Swider? No. Okay, so there's two you missed. I said uh, – That's 10. You, you're a 10. Tell yeah. me who I missed. So you missed – I don't think you said JRE. No, I, he did. I did. He did. Oh, did. then you missed Cam. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you missed Cam. Then that's oh, what man. Bummer. So, I barely got drafted. So yeah, <laughs> he was barely 11, here. 11 players on a roster actively with – Slater on an exhibition 10. I think Caleb is also on an exhibition 10. He was in summer well. league with Miami. And then um, I think they gave yeah. him a roster. Of, okay. I think he might also be on one. Um, so, like, give or take 13. If we want to have, like, 13.5 for Cole Swider or, like, 13.8 like because he was here for four years and then one for his fifth year um, or three years, whatever it was. Regardless. Um, so, yeah, all that. Um, we can talk about everybody else, but I think we have two things we need to talk about. Realistically, the FIBA boys, so Josh, Jalen, and Mikhail, fourth place in FIBA World Cup. I don't know if anyone's watching it. I was watching it religiously. Was I up at 5 a.m. watching games? Yes. Was I up at 5 a.m. to watch, like, Slovenia play? Yes, I was, but it's got cut because I'm a sicko. Um, it's disappointing because that team honestly had the talent and should have won the t- title. I honestly blame that on Steve Kerr because he did a terrible job coaching or terrible job making decisions but more importantly to everyone here the nova knicks the nova knicks are here the knicks are back um coming off a playoffs year dante ryan josh and then some guy named jalen brunson for absolute just the 2016 team is back on on the knicks and Honestly, like I'm very excited. The Sixers are a mess, so like I'm put, I'm investing a little bit more of myself into the Knicks because I hate the Sixers with a passion because they're a bunch of assholes. Um, and I'm really excited about these Nova Knicks. Um, I think Dante was a great addition. He got his first big payday. Arch coming back. Josh, you know, opting out of a player option to then get more money, but then that allowed Dante to come in. Jalen who in was one of the leaders on team USA should have been an all-star last year, like is a genuine top 25 player, make top 30 player in the NBA, which is insane. Like, I think we all thought Jalen Brunson was going to have a long NBA career. There is not a single person, maybe with the exception of Jalen Brunson, Rick Brunson, Sandra Brunson, Erica Brunson, his entire family, who thought he was going to be a top 30 player in the NBA. I mean, I and... said it. I didn't believe it, but I, of course <laughs> I said it. We all said it. Well, at least I said it. <laughs> Ryan Hartnett believed it. I, I, I believe Ryan believed it. <laughs> and then Mikhail also, if he's not top 30, he's top 40 in the NBA as well. Like both of Mikhail and Jalen, I honestly generally believe could be all-stars this year, which is going to be really cool. Yeah, they um, are two of the best five players in New York right now. Would you say we have some people in the sports? chat who are saying that they believe yes. that Jalen Brunson would be a top 30 player. Of course they did. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, I also think Josh Hart is the most content player in the NBA right now. 
he had some ridiculous line the other day of how like, yeah, I got paid. I just need my wine cellar and a country club <laughs> membership and I'm all good. He is the most content man in the NBA right now. Guy who's just living. He's just happy. He's just, I, I love it though. I love it. He, the whole thing, the whole playoffs with the Knicks was, was incredible. The fact that they're adding Dante and Ryan to that whole situation is going to be incredible. It, it's going to be must watch television for Villanova fans to watch them. And, yeah. and candidly, with the way last season went, like for Villanova, like being able to like enjoy the Knicks throughout, throughout the, after that and kind of in the playoffs was like a nice little, like a reminder that we're still here and we're still a relevant entity and we're still like going to exist into the future because we got guys in the league. So it was, it was nice. So something I was thinking about and I haven't done the research on it. I think it may have happened. I don't, but I'm going to just say like from the negative side, I don't know if Josh, Jalen, Ryan, and Dante ever played a game together on the floor at the same time. Uh, so Dante got hurt. But he played his first games, eight games. Like four but, or five games into his freshman year. Yeah. But would that lineup have been on the floor is the question. Yes. Had to have been. I think so. Had to I have been. I don't know. I've, I've been, been – I'm, I'm going to do some research, see if I can figure it out, like I, to see if I can actually see. If, like I might go back to game box scores and literally look at substitution patterns to see if I can find it um, because I'm curious because I was like, wait, there's a chance – that it didn't happen because Dante was like the last man on that team coming off. So like, there's a chance that like maybe they would have like switched him and Ryan or switched him and Jalen. And like, cause you forget like Ochefu and Jenkins were also on that team. And like, that's like another two players that like would have taken that. I'm definitely forgetting someone else. I don't know why um, that was on that team. Mikhail, who also like wouldn't count in this situation. So I don't know. It's close. Yeah, it's like definitely it. just like for a nostalgic factor. It's just fun. Like, yeah. you know, Ryan's never going to see the floor, but it's just fun. Like, <laughs> the media day pictures, like everything. And that's not a slight against Ryan. It's just the, you know, it's great that he's there and has he's made $10 million. Dollars, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> get the new place in Sea Isle, dude. Um, you got married. Yeah. Please. Everybody, all the, all the Villanova guys got married this summer, or all being Jalen, Ryan, uh, Kevin Rafferty. Um, who is a, a walk-on stud? Yeah. Um, bunch of bunch of Nova weddings this summer. Always looks like so much fun. I'm I'm waiting for the invite, guys. If when you need the, uh, we could podcast your wedding. Maybe Colin will invite us. Yeah. Just I, I, I think that's our hope, Colin. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Colin. I didn't mention Colin. You didn't mention on Colin NBA roster. No, oh, we you, didn't. Yeah. You didn't notice that I didn't mention NBA champion Colin Gillespie. The boy guy yeah. just wins. All he does. Because all he does is win. All right, guys. I think we're good here. This is a, yeah. kind of like the kickoff episode. So just to think about a couple of a couple of things from an administrative perspective, we're going to have two more episodes before the season tips. Um, we'll be on Twitter announcing and Instagram, etc. all of the follows that you need to have. We will be on those platforms announcing when the next two episodes are. So pay attention to that. Um, we will be running live all season. This is the format that we're going with from here on out. Um, and so, and so we'll be doing that. We'll have some interviews throughout the season, etc. We're going to try our best to kind of publish a schedule in advance. So you guys know when to expect us a um, little bit based on kind of how the schedule falls and whatever we'll mix in some spaces in between 
to, to kind of account for items or big items that we might have missed or, or might not hit in a regular podcast with a cadence that we keep, which is roughly once a week once the season starts. So that's kind of what to expect, but we're going to be doing this all season long. So, so stick with us. You can find us at the full 40. My Twitter is at Chris full 40 at Willie law at K R something like that. Yeah. Um, at Nova insider, 1985 for Twitter at Nova insider, um, on Instagram. You also have, um, please follow Villanova tip time at Nova tip time. Uh, follow Tommy Godin, uh, all of that. We got the Nova insider network is coming to you constantly. You're going to have the full 40, which is going to be like discussion show. You're going to be, you're going to have, you're going to have tip time, which is going to be all about the, the, the pregame show. Uh, because who wants to watch motocross, whatever the fuck is on Fox Sports 1 before our games? That doesn't make any sense. Just just tune into Nova Tip Time. And then and then finally, uh, you have the mainline minute, and Tommy's going to be serving you like quick, easy, bite-sized news and notes on a semi-daily basis so that you guys can just plug in, get your 20-minute download of information from Tommy on a nearly daily basis. So we got you covered on all the bases for the Nova Insider Network this year. But that's it for us today. We'll be back in a couple weeks um, with the second episode of the season where we break down a little bit more of individual players' expectations and kind of go into that a little bit deeper. Um, But thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Nova.